This episode is brought to you by 2 Before Performance Nutrition. 2 Before is a natural sports performance supplement made from New Zealand blackcurrant berries. There's a growing body of evidence behind these berries for improving endurance and kickstarting recovery. With a sweet and tangy berry flavor, you can mix it in water, juice, sports drinks, and smoothies. For optimal results, drink daily 30 to 60 minutes before training. Use code INDIANA30 online at 2before.com for 30% off 20-pack products and free shipping. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Indiana Runner podcast. My name is Josh Puccinelli, and this is my portion of the podcast where I sit down with some of the best coaches and athletes from around the state, past and present. We discuss the highs and lows of their running or coaching journeys, the key insights they've gained along the way, and often dive into the bigger picture beyond the course of the track, the things that make them human, not just elite runners or coaches. The following is a conversation with 2014 Terre Haute South grad Jackson Bertoli. Jackson was a two-time All-State finisher in cross-country, winning state his senior year, and two-time All-State finisher in track. Upon graduation, Jackson made the unfortunate decision of joining the Hoosiers of IU. At IU, he battled a laundry list of injuries, which we discussed during our conversation, but unfortunately, because of these injuries, he had very few stretches of continuous training and racing well at IU. During this conversation, we talked Jackson's introduction to the sport, giving up tennis to pursue running full-time, his growing belief in himself throughout high school, battling injuries both late in high school and all throughout college, the role of a team for an individual title contender, all things cross-country state his senior year, choosing IU, the highs and lows of his time at IU, the battle of identity after stepping away from running, where life has taken him since IU, and much more. It became clear at every turn in Jackson's story that when he sets his mind to something, he will not be deterred, no matter the setbacks. Many would have hung it up after the first injury or two he experienced, but it's hard to believe how many injuries he came back from. I really enjoyed the conversation we had at the end of this episode, talking about identity and Jackson finding himself again after stepping away from the sport he'd spent most of his life investing in. As always, thank you all for supporting this podcast. We couldn't do it without you. Hope you all enjoy this conversation as much as I did. Without further ado, I give you Jackson Bertoli. All right, Jackson, welcome to the Indiana Runner podcast. How's it going? It's going well. Thanks for having me on. Um, yeah, really, really cool. I think you guys are are doing putting this together. It's been cool to to listen to all the different people I used to run against and with, and uh, yeah, hear all their different kind of takes and stories uh, over the years. So yeah, this is a really really cool podcast, and yeah, happy happy to be a part of it. Yeah, I appreciate you saying that. Uh, it's been really odd for me, like interviewing all these people and talking to like, different legends of the sport, and I don't know. I, just, I always find myself wondering or like thinking about how did I end up doing this and end up talking to these incredible people, um, including yourself. But I appreciate you taking the time to come on. I'm excited to hear about your story, hear about everything related to the past X amount of years. So uh, let's get into it. We start off each episode with what's called Tier Talk. Uh, We rank our top three in a certain category. And we're a little, little ways away from Halloween now, but uh, in the spirit of the season, we're going to rank our favorite three Halloween candies. So do you want to go first or do you want me to go first? Uh, yeah, sure. I can I can kick it off. Uh, so are we, do, are we going like three down to one? Is that the the sequence? Yeah, here? exactly. Gotcha. Yep. Okay. Um, so I think number three, this would be like a late ad. Like this wasn't one that I, I like had during like Halloween as a child. Um, but there's these, it's, called, it's like an Unreal brand where it's uh, like, dark chocolate over like a coconut like filling 
Um, they haven't in, in like Publix and, and like Kroger and stuff, but that's been like a big weakness of mine over the last two years. So I imagine if I got uh, back into the, the trick-or-treating scene now, that would be one I would be pretty, pretty amped up about. I feel like uh, coconuts are pretty divisive. Like people are kind of either they hate it or love it kind of thing. Definitely. And it's, it's grown on me too. Like, I don't think that would have been my answer, you know, 10 years ago or anything like that. So maybe, maybe it's just more of a matured taste. I don't know. Yeah, I think you might be right. What's your number two? Uh, number two, I'd probably go with Sour Patch Kids. So just probably like mix it up on the spectrum there, get a little bit, yeah, like a sour kind of fruity uh, vibe there. And then I think number one for me has to be the Reese's Cups. Um, mm-hmm. It's always been a big a big weakness of mine and kind of the go-to when the, the sweet tooth is kicking in. Nice, I like it. I feel like another thing, people usually aren't, like they usually kind of one or the other, like they're chocolate people or like the gummy sour kind of thing so you're, you're a little bit of both yeah yeah never never like both at the same time like i think that's you know <laughs> yeah. blasphemy or whatever you want to call it but yeah you know depends depends on the mood i could i could go either way for sure that would be interesting like do they have like chocolate covered gummies is that a thing I, I don't know I, I don't even know if i'd want to try it even if it yeah. is a thing so <laughs> for sure um i'm pretty similar i like both but you'll notice from my top three that i definitely lean heavily one way uh so number three is Smarties. Um, this is more of like a, a callback to childhood. I feel like it was just like such a quick and easy way to get get that sugar rush. You know, like you just pop in the Smarties. It was, uh, I don't know, good memories of, of Smarties days. Number two, I feel like it's just classic gummy bears. Um, I don't know. I, I like the candies where you get you get more than one in the pouch or you get more or the sleeve or whatever like you you get you get the the more bang for the buck with these kind of candies. And number one, so far number two, or exactly your number two, is Sour Patch Kids. Like this has been my one of my favorite candy for a while now. It's just something something about it. There is I will say there is a point, especially if you get like the full size bag, where like your tongue is so torn up that you like <laughs> it's painful <laughs> painful to keep eating them. But it's just part of the experience, you know. Yeah, man, it's part of, you know, you got to got to commit to it. I think, too, there's like maybe it's like a generational thing of like their marketing or something. But I feel like our our like age demographic, I feel like Sour Patch Kids kind of has a, a stranglehold on as far as like like I think it'd be in a lot of people's top three. Um, So I don't know, maybe yeah. maybe, maybe that's to be a returning segment where we continue to build out the 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 data and the, the information on that. But <laughs> that's kind of my hunch. There. Yeah, I like it. Um, all right, so our second uh, opener or icebreaker is what's called car talk. Uh, it's the the thoughts you have when you're in the car, shower, alone, exercising, whatever. Uh, my serious one over the past week or so. Uh, so I made this like shortly after the state meet this past year, and I don't know. It, this is like going to be such a ivory tower thing to say because like we, <laughs> we did end up winning state yeah, yeah, so you guys did well. to, yeah that's very easy to say this from my perspective but um I don't know it's just interesting like w- when it happened just thinking about just thinking about the moments I guess the, the journey along the way and more than the accomplishment itself like it in the moment it wasn't like this crazy overwhelming thing I just found myself more thinking about the little moments the overcoming adversity the all the things that went into the season um and had to go right for us to end up winning the state meet so 
just thinking more about I don't know that's really like the day-to-day things I feel like that that matter more than necessarily the the outcome but obviously <laughs> very much easy to say when you're when you've won <laughs> but that's what I've been thinking about the past week or so um less serious and I don't know it's not super unserious but I've realized and just been thinking about I don't know what I think about it but I don't have a ton of hobbies like I I don't know. I, I can tend to have like a pretty utilitarian view of my time or the way I, in the way I spend it. Like I, like what benefit is it giving me or like, what am I getting out of how I'm spending my time this way? And there's not, not often when I'm doing things just for the sake of like enjoying them and just doing them. Um, and my, my thought on this is kind of stopped there, but just, I don't know. I feel like that's kind of a healthy thing to have just stuff in your life that you enjoy just because you enjoy it, not because necessarily brings you any, any gain, but just for the enjoyment of it, of it. So that's, that's what I've been thinking about for the past week or two. Um, anything been on your mind recently? Yeah, I think, uh, well, well, to be perfectly honest on the, the serious note, it's probably been a lot of the the questions and stuff you kind of prompted me on. Cause there's, there's stuff you had on here. I haven't thought about in I don't know how long. So I've even just going back and, yeah, thinking through different memories of, you know, high school career and, and transition into college and everything like that. So I think in my kind of, yeah, I don't know, idle time in, in the car where I'm not like actively listening to music, I've been, I've been trying to put a lot of thought um, into this, just like reflecting on everything and um, my perspective on it then versus now and uh, everything like that. So that's kind of been my my main one, at least for the last, uh, last couple of weeks here. Um, and then on a, a less serious note, uh, I'm I'm in like a, a period right now of the year where like my work is a little bit less busy. So one of my hobbies that I do have uh, is I've picked up pickleball like the past like two years. And so I'm like always like strategizing about my my games that are like coming up or the different like rec play I have to go to that that <laughs> night. And that's or I'll like I'll listen to like a uh, like a pickleball like instructional video or something. But it's just it's like on YouTube and I'm literally just listening to the audio like like trying to like visualize it and everything. So that's nice. been uh that's been probably my go-to for yeah the past the past couple of weeks on a little more lighthearted note. Yeah, so obviously pickleball has been like taking the the nation by storm. Like, what do you think it is about pickleball that's like just it's blown up recently? I could say for for me personally, I really enjoy it just because it was super. It was super quick for me to become like competitive in it, and <laughs> to be honest, it was like the first thing like post you know like running like competitively and stuff to where I was like oh like I want to like beat this person and like practice like (laughs) these like drills and stuff and everything like that so like for me I just love like the competitive component of it um and it's like super I don't know all the all the people I've met through it have been super friendly and I live in I live in like southern Florida now and so it's like it's huge down here with all the like retirement communities and everything like that (laughs) Um, but everyone's like super friendly and um i don't know there's like different you can go to different parks and stuff on like any given night and always meet some pretty pretty cool people so i don't know i think it's just kind of weird a weird and like kind of awkward mix of things but all around pretty pretty enjoyable yeah for sure it definitely seems very like communal and like you said you can play it at any skill level any age like there's just such a i don't know wide blanket that it casts um as far as engagement goes but that's cool that's fun to get into something different (laughs) something new yeah you gotta mix it up exactly awesome well we're gonna get into your story and we typically start at the beginning so how did you get your start in running uh what were the early days like were you doing 
other things when you're growing up, what that look like? This episode is brought to you by Olipop. Olipop is a healthy and delicious alternative to soda. Available in 14 flavors, including cherry vanilla, cream soda, and my personal favorite, classic root beer, Olipop combines prebiotics, plant fiber, and botanical extracts to support your digestive health with less than 5 grams of sugar and 45 calories in each can. Indiana Runner podcast listeners can get 15% off at checkout with code IRPODCAST15. If you'd like to support the podcast and are looking for a healthy and delicious alternative to soda, check out Olipop today. Yeah, so I was involved in track and field from a pretty early age. So um, I was probably doing, you know, the USATF, like AU, uh, like summer meets and everything like that, probably as young as maybe five or six. Um, both of my oldest brothers, I have two older brothers who are seven and eight years older than me. Um, both of them ran in college. But uh, my oldest brother, Anthony, he was a decathlete and a 400 meter hurdler at Indiana State. And then my my middle brother, Ben, um, was a, a short hurdler and a triple jumper at uh, the University of Indianapolis. So with them being like quite a bit older than me, I would get dragged around to practice and stuff all the time. And then obviously both like physically and figuratively, I looked up to them a lot. Um, and so I was just always around the track, like when I was young, um, not really in distance running. I was almost always like long jump or pole vault or high jump or basically everything but that. <laughs> I didn't have a ton of interest in it um, when I was pretty young, but uh, so both my brothers were kind of role models for me, just getting my start in there. Um, and I was always like a track guy. Like I thought that was like a cool thing. I don't know. I go to, uh, school and yeah, middle school or elementary school and, you know, guys would play baseball or basketball or soccer. And I was like, oh, I'm a track guy. And then, uh, <laughs> I was, I wasn't very fast at the time. Um, but I thought that that was like kind of a cool thing, um, to be a little bit different from the the standard crowd on the, the playground. So. Um, yeah, yeah, have a have a long long history uh, and some semblance at least on the the track and field side. Yeah. So did you only do track? Like, did you play other sports as well? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I was I was basketball, tennis, soccer, um, basically everything in between. I think everyone in, growing up in Indiana played basketball at some point. But yeah, pretty much all through middle school, I I, I played probably um, three or four different different sports. Um, and I I actually didn't run cross country at all until my freshman year of, of high school. Um, so I was always, I was like a tennis, tennis guy in the fall and it took Mm -hmm. a lot of, uh, convincing from my, my coaches and my teammates to, to pull me away from that. So. Okay. So initially when you got into track, you were doing like shorter stuff, sprints, or even high jump and, and pole vault and things like that. When did the transition come to distance and how did that come about? Yeah, I think that probably happened around like the seventh or eighth grade. Um, and mostly just because I realized I was getting absolutely like I was running, you know, like a 38 second 200 and just getting like absolutely smoked in all these other events. And I was, you know, throwing the shot foot, maybe a foot and a half. So um, I think maybe maybe that's just like a universal like middle school track coach. Like, all right, like this kid, you know, he sucks at everything else. Just kind of like push him over here with the rest of the the distance guys. So um yeah I kind of kind of got into running like mile 800 type stuff around like the seventh grade and then um my eighth grade year was kind of when I like started taking running like semi-seriously um mostly just because I stopped playing basketball around then and so I would start like running after school with like the cross-country guys and uh stuff like that the the winter ahead of um that spring track season um and that's when I started to like make some strides and and uh, develop a little bit more and be like, okay, like I, I might have some, some talent for this space, which was kind of surprising too, coming from, I guess both my brothers being better at like the, 
you know, field events and the hurdling and shorter stuff. Um, so maybe just, yeah, it took me a little bit longer to find my, my home in the, the distance realm there. For sure. And so you said coming into freshman year, like you had to give up tennis to run cross country and it took a lot of convincing. Uh, where was the convincing coming from? Was it like your teammates, family, coaches? Yeah, so I I actually tried to to play both. Uh, and so what I would do is that um, obviously like we you know we can't I can't like practice tennis at like five in the morning. Um, and so I would do all of like our workouts and like our mileage runs and stuff before school, and then I would go to tennis practice after school. Uh, or like go to like matches and stuff and that would literally just show up like for for the races <laughs> with my with my <laughs> teammates and like run then um and I was still like our number two or number three runner at the time like we weren't like a super high level team um and basically like I was dealing with some injuries which was like all right like you're you know running five six miles before school and you know sleeping however many hours and then going to mm-hmm. tennis and then racing like it was just you know probably bound to happen at some point um and so when we got into like the postseason and cross country, um, they were like, you know, like we need you to like focus in, like if we want to, you know, try to make the state meet and um, everything like that. You know, my my teammates kind of came to me and were like, hey, like we, you know, want you to focus in here because you know you're at least in a in a scoring spot on the roster right now. Um, and so initially it was like, all right, like I'll do it for this, you know, this like postseason or whatever, so we can like try to make state and then like we'll see you again, but. Um, we ended up making a, a big run and, and qualifying for state for the first time and um, I think a, a, a good amount of years um, and then I just kind of got hooked in from there and then yeah never never went back to tennis so okay so what were the dynamics on the team like when you would just show up for for races <laughs> uh, I think it was it was definitely a little bit weird I think I was completely oblivious oblivious to it at the time um I think I, I actually had really good relationships with a lot of the team just because obviously they were guys that I, I ran track with in middle school. But then uh, during the summer, I was like able to be at like all the practice and stuff. And so it was like I trained the whole summer, like with all of those guys. And then, you know, I just couldn't be there for like the afternoon workouts and stuff like that. And, you know, they'd be, still be the same guys that, you know, eat lunch with every day and, and things along those lines. So. I don't think there was like, you know, bad blood or people being frustrated because it was like it wasn't like I wasn't like training for running, you know, like I was just showing up in my tennis clothes and like running cross country races or anything. Yeah. So like they knew they knew I was working hard. They knew I like cared about it. Um, I was still kind of like all the team meetings and everything like that. Like I'm still, you know, in the in the the yearbook picture and um, all that stuff. So it's not like I was like ashamed of cross country or anything like that. So I, I don't think there was any, you know animosity um or at least anything that i could uh pick up on my end so for sure it seems pretty rare for a freshman in high school to have that level of, of discipline i guess to to do your workouts in the morning and to do tennis practice like after school did you just enjoy them both enough or what, what was kind of your mindset your freshman year yeah i think it's uh at least on the the distance running side i don't know i i think it's with anything of like you take a 13 or 14 year old kid and then you give them something that they're like you know slightly good at and they get recognition (laughs) from like their peers or their family or like they see their name in the newspaper every once in a while and that's like everything right it's like oh man like you know (laughs) so and so from chemistry like knows my name because you saw I won this race or whatever like you know that just like it feeds into the the ego and everything like that and um I think too like after after I like stopped playing basketball and like started taking running more seriously and I was like getting better results and everything um like that was like a big like motivator for me um uh, but I was like the same way in tennis like I was like performing pretty well in tennis too so like I didn't I didn't want to give up either one of them because I was like yeah. I was you know doing pretty well in both um so yeah I don't know I, I, for me like it was never really like a 
decision or like all right like i'm gonna you know it's gonna be like this huge command i was like no like it's, it's like just what i'll have to do if i like want to do both these things and so like that's what i'm gonna do um so that's yeah how, how it goes yeah did you have any regrets about leaving tennis or basketball um not not terribly especially at the time because i was like it it was not like i was like leaving and then like missing you know that like competitiveness or or like the training aspect and everything like that um and obviously i was still like friends with all all the people i'd like met through like those different sports it's not like i like moved to cross-country school or something um and yeah i think i think for me it was just like all right like do i want to be like pretty good at a couple things or try to be like you know great at like one thing um and so I, I feel like I really didn't have any regrets. It, it felt hard at the time as whatever, a 14 year old to go and tell, you know, your tennis instructor that you're stepping away from the game or whatever it is. I felt like I was in like a <laughs> Disney Channel original movie or something of like, oh, like the drama of Jackson leaving the tennis team. Um, but in retrospect, it was just like, yeah, like, all right, like our, you know, number two JV, like, yeah, it's not, it's not a big deal. Like we'll be, <laughs> we'll be fine. We'll keep moving along. Um, and, and obviously, you know, everything turned out decent on my end. So um sure. can't can't complain too much but now you're back back playing pickleball right yeah I, I still I still yeah I still haven't played tennis uh in in quite a while but there's definitely definitely some transfer so those those tennis years are, are paying off now for my uh my next uh yeah run it at a professional career here we'll see <laughs> there we go um so you you leave tennis you're just doing running now um how is the next year or two years as you focus solely on running yeah. Um, honestly, it was a lot of fun uh, just learning the sport because it, it had always been something uh, where I was kind of involved from like afar, or just kind of did or treated it as like any other sport of like, all right, like when it's, you know, track season or cross country, then like that's like what I do um, versus like actually like getting into like year round training, like start going to indoor races um, and just kind of like getting involved in sort of like full like culture of distance running or even just like learning like the scene within southern indiana and like who are the other good runners or the people in my class and stuff like i was definitely this isn't you know a plug uh i guess intentionally but i was like always on indiana runner like let's run and stuff and just like learning about the sport beginning to follow it professionally um everything like that and um you know for myself like growing into a runner as my own like getting into more races seeing higher levels of competition and stuff so i i look back on that time like really fondly because it was just like super fun and super new and i just loved like competing um and like learning about like this whole world that had kind of been here the whole time um but i was just kind of oblivious to um or yeah like logging on and seeing like oh like you know someone mentioned me from these like race results and stuff like that's crazy like <laughs> you know some guy in fort wayne knows who my name is um so yeah i don't know it was it was a fun progression and it was also a time where um our my my coach our freshman year retired at the end of that track season and so uh kyle walsh was um our like lead distance coach and cross country coach starting my sophomore year. So him coming, coming in, um, he ran at, at Indiana state. So had like a bit more of a kind of knowledgeable background and in, in training at, you know, higher levels and uh, things along those lines. And so it was a really good time period of like him starting off as like a new coach. And I was kind of like a new runner who was like really hungry for more and like wanting to expand out and um, compete at higher levels and stuff. And so, yeah, it was a really fun progression over kind of those next, next few years there. This episode is brought to you by Boo. As runners who are out in the sun daily, we need a reliable, effective sunscreen. 
Boo focuses on delivering real results by using FDA-approved ingredients specifically designed to prevent skin aging even under the most demanding conditions. Their innovative, scientifically proven skincare solutions are designed to work harmoniously with your active lifestyle, ensuring your skin stays youthful, vibrant, and resilient. Indiana Runner podcast listeners can get 10% off their order with code IRPODCAST at checkout. If you're looking for a sunscreen to support your active lifestyle and want to support the podcast, check out Boo today. Yeah, definitely. So how did, or I guess, when did things start to really translate to success on the track or on the course? Yeah. Um, I mean, I definitely made a, some pretty big breakthroughs probably in like freshman track, like going into sophomore year. Um, like I was able to do, like, I, I remember like the Mick meet and that was back when like the Terre Haute schools were still in the, in the Mick. Um, it was, it was like this weird, like bittersweet moment of I set these big PRs. I did like a, be a 428 like 945 or like 46 like double um but i like barely got like top 10 in both races because that was like like austin mud luke brong chris walden footsome like john muscari like it was just like the absolute like loaded like golden age of like that conference um and so like i i remember just basically getting like pulled along to like those like pretty good times and those were like pretty big prs for me and that was when I kind of like decided, I was like, all right, like I'm, I want to like try to get to that level. Um, and like really like ramp things up from there. And then, um, yeah, sophomore cross country definitely took a big, a big like step up. Like I was our, our number one runner, like consistently throughout the year. Like obviously I was like just focusing on cross country and, um, was able to break 16 for the first time and, um, was a, a few spots off of all state. And then, yeah, like the track season, my sophomore year was kind of like the big, um, big breakthrough where I dropped like 40 seconds from the year before went sub nine ten. Um, yeah, made it to my first uh track state meet. We got got all state, um, and, and kind of built a lot of a lot of confidence off of kind of that series of of that those postseason meets. Um, so yeah, that kind of stretch between like end of my freshman year to end of my sophomore year, I, I made some some really big big strides. Yeah, absolutely. I'm curious, what was it like running? in more towards southern indiana like i feel like there's kind of pockets of different different groups of schools around the state like did you feel connected to everyone else in the state like did you feel did it feel different being in southern indiana yeah it it, i I honestly didn't feel like super disconnected and and i feel like i was pretty lucky to um go through maybe kind of like a, a period of like a like a boom within like that region like i think i think like my sophomore year like when i when uh like that like state meet uh or footsome senior year like i think like eight of the top nine or maybe seven of the top nine were all like columbus or south um and so like we had some really really good runners just you know evansville um obviously have the whole like columbus north crew bloomington um and so like between all those like areas and and maybe it just kind of happened with like the class there like there was always like really good competition so you wouldn't have to go terribly far um or like go into like eagle classic and stuff like that like that was always like all right like i'm gonna be running against at least like a handful of guys who are gonna be fine for you know top five like top 10 in the state um kind of on any given day so uh i i think i was also pretty lucky to kind of come up in the time when like social media was like starting to get like a lot like bigger just like more like available for like everyone and so like a lot of the other like you know top runners and stuff like I, I would have their numbers and their snapchats and instagrams and like everything like that or you know there'd be like camps that we'd go to um over the summer doing like the all-star camp or like culver camp and stuff and so um yeah even though you know i guess like geographically maybe we were a little bit isolated from you know kind of like that indie running circle and everything like that it was uh 
I, I never really feel, felt like too far away. And, and honestly, like even in high school, like when those guys were obviously like going to other schools, like some of those guys were, were some of my closest friends. So um, yeah, it was never, never felt like I was, you know, off the map or anything like that. Yeah, definitely. So you said from like latter half of a freshman year through sophomore year, you took some big strides. Um, and then the the second half of your high school career, you take even you know bigger leaps. Did you, um, I guess, have goals or or aspirations of achieving what you did? Did you think you could be in contention to to win state titles and, and different things, or what was your kind of mindset heading into your junior and senior year? Yeah, definitely. I think um, after after the spring, I had my sophomore year. That was like a I don't know. It's, it's like one thing to like, you know, you like talk with your friends on an easy run of like, oh, like, you know, I'm going to go beat Troy Reader at Flash Rock next year. Like, what did you watch? <laughs> and it's like, okay, like, okay, like, yeah, sure, man. Um, <laughs> but like that, that like series of like postseason meets my sophomore year, um, and even going to some of like the summer meets, like that was back when they still did like the the Midwest Meet of Champions, which I don't know is still going on or it used to be like the, like the distance carnival. Um, but I was able to run like a like pretty competitive times. Um, and there was like quite a few races that maybe were like weren't the fastest, but it kind of like proved to myself that it, that, you know, like, Hey, like on any given day or like kind of race, like there's, there's not too many guys that I can't like hang with, or at least, you know, that give like a pretty good push um, to try to try to take a win over. And so, yeah, after my sophomore year, like I, I, you know, communicated that my, my goal to my coaches and uh, my teammates was, was to win a straight title, like even in my junior year, uh, which obviously didn't, you know, didn't happen. It was fourth that, that season, um, at least in, in cross country. Um, but yeah, like once I made that kind of step up, it was really just something of like, I, I just, wherever I was, I wanted to be at the next level. Like, okay, like I just ran at the conference meet. I want to be all conference. Okay. I was all conference. I want to win my conference meet. Now I want to qualify for state. Now I want to be all state. Now I want to be state champion. And it was, you know, never enough, like just because you get a taste, right, of like what the next level feels like and you get exposure to the level of competitiveness and um, execution that you see in like those those high levels of the sport. And it's like no no one gets there and they're like, oh, no, like I'm like, I'm good, like back here, like, we'll, we'll be all right. you know, like you you always want to take it to the next level, um, whether it's for yourself or for your team. Right. Like, you know, even to think of like, OK, like if I can move up. A handful of more stop uh spots you know can i can i score zero points for my team all right that's like everyone under stream um and so yeah it was always it was always a moving target like i i always wanted to be competitive you know no matter who i was racing and just as i got better and faster and um you know learned how to race better and better uh you know that that target just kind of kept changing as i as i kind of made my way through the ranks so to speak yeah definitely um so you you wanted these things you had these goals of of winning a state title even in your junior year like did you what was your level of self-belief like did you believe deeply that you could do these things or yeah what was that aspect of that yeah de- definitely because I think I think in order to even get close I think you have to have like a little bit of ignorance right like to <laughs> to psych yourself up and like reassure yourself that you kind of belong in those conversations and in those crowds and everything and uh one one of our kind of models within our our high school group um that came from coach walsh was every day in every way we're getting better and that became like my everything like that motto was like how i wanted to like live my life of like i don't care if it's the dog days of august i don't care if it's christmas morning um or even if it's supposed to be like an easy day or i'm just you know taking like an ice bath or like going to bed early like the night before like all of those 
cumulative decisions and like hours spent are all going to lead to me being like a better version of myself and a better runner so that when I do toe up against the race line, like I want to have that confidence that maybe, maybe people have had like, you know, better preparation than me in terms like, you know, they didn't have an injury or um, whatever it is, or they've been like more consistent in like their racing outcomes and stuff. But just having like that kind of like relentless belief and conviction around, all right, like, every single hour that I've poured into this has prepared me for this moment. Like all of that cumulative training and everything like that has like gotten me here today to like this start line. And you like everyone else, like on this line, like hasn't been through what I've been through. Like they aren't as tough as I am and they haven't worked as hard as I have to get to this point. And so when like push comes to shove, it comes to a, a point of like where I just have to tough this out to make it through someone making a surge after the fourth K or, going down the final stretch of like a big race or whatever it is um like having that conviction of like when i get to those compromised situations like i'm going to come out on top because of that preparation so it it was something where i had a lot of confidence but i also wanted to back it up like in my work and in like my pursuits of like those goals like it wasn't something of like i just expected to like magically you know get faster like the next year which <laughs> you know can happen at, at certain times of like, you know, you just, you know, you grew a couple inches and you're a little bit stronger <laughs> and um, you actually, you know, or have a bit more coordination and stuff. But um, I, I wanted it to be like backed up and I wanted to like believe that in myself of like, I like deserve this, like I deserve to compete at this level. Um, and, and like, I have done everything that I need to do in, in order to reach that. So if you are around, high schooler or high schoolers for any length of time you'll realize pretty quickly that there's a wide range of of attitudes of maturity of like fill in the blank um it seems pretty rare again for a high schooler to have this level of of drive determination focus um especially it's one thing to have it during practice but it's another to have it on the little things outside of practice uh did you always have that mindset or how did that mindset get cultivated throughout high school if you'd like to continue listening to this episode of the podcast you'll need to subscribe to our patreon at patreon.com forward slash indiana runner once you do you'll get access to all full-length episodes of the interview portion of the podcast in addition to other subscriber only content including extra content on race previews and recaps book club episodes the ability to ask my guest questions and much more thanks again for listening to and supporting this podcast i look forward to connecting with you on patreon